there is a way to become brand new. It's true. It's not just a lose weight program or a new learning program or a new skill that you learn. No, it's an absolute real transformation. And it's true. In this podcast and the next eight to follow, I'm going to do a series on eight steps to a new you. And it's not just some infomercial. It really isn't. You can start a new diet and you might get skinnier, but is it really a new you? You might read uh, you know, some kind of self-help book and learn how to manage your emotions or set good boundaries and have a more uh, managed life, but is it really a new you? You could learn all kinds of new skills and improve yourself, but is it a new you? You could manage your money better and become more wealthy, but does that really make it make you new? I don't think so, but there is a way that you can become new. It's true. And the only way is through the Bible, through God's Life 66. So in these next weeks, or in these next episodes, actually, I want to teach you from God's Word eight steps to a new you. Now, this um, these steps come right out of Matthew chapter 5. Jesus gave a sermon called the Sermon on the Mount, probably the most famous sermon uh, ever. It's definitely the most famous sermon in the Bible. And he laid out eight steps. We call them the Beatitudes. That, that word Beatitude, it means be blessed, or it means oh the blessed, or even oh the joy of those. And then he gives eight different statements of how you develop and grow a new you. Now you might be asking, you know, why do we even need a new me? I feel pretty good about the way I am right now. I don't need to be transformed and I don't need a new me. Well, unless you know Jesus Christ, you really do. You really do need a new you. Because you see, the Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us is messed up. If you don't think you're messed up, just do your own personal litmus test. Go back to the Ten Commandments in Exodus and look at a few of those things. Let's just take a couple of them. Uh, It says, do not lie. Have you ever lied? Well, we can pretty much just wipe us all out right there. Every single one of us has lied. But you say, well, okay, maybe a little white lie, maybe a little small lie. Well, how big of a lie does it take before you're a liar? Well, I've only did it once or twice. Well, how many times does it take before you're a liar? Here's what I know, that if you, you know, committed, say, something horrible like, like rape, you only need to do it one time and you're a rapist. If you're a if you murdered somebody, you only do need to do it one time and you're a murderer. So how many lies does it take before you're a liar? Or maybe uh, it says, do not steal. How many of us have stolen anything? Well, maybe you're one of the very few that, you know, never has stolen anything. But, you know, if we walk down all 10 of those 10 commandments, we find out really quickly that, yep, we're messed up. Yep. We have all sinned and we have fallen short of the glory of God. And the Bible also says that the wages of sin is death. So each one of us is headed for death unless we get some kind of salvation. Somebody save us. And there's good news that that's why Jesus Christ came. He came to save us. That he is God in flesh, came to free us from this sinful uh, uh, life that we live and the one that's got us headed right for, for death. And he can save us and give us a new life. 
Now, the transformation part is that, you know, we don't want to keep on doing these things that, that steal our joy, that wreck our lives, that wreck our relationships, that there's a way to live a life that's joy-filled and that's abundant. And so that's why Jesus came. He died on the cross to forgive us our sin, but also now to teach us how to live according to God's word, God's life 66, so that we can live the abundant life. It's not a, a life of suffering. It's a life of joy. Now, to be fair, that sometimes there are there is suffering in this life, but even then, that suffering produces good things as we learn endurance, as we build character, uh, similar to an athlete who goes through some intense pain to build the strength and skill necessary to win a gold medal in the, in the Olympics. So we all need transformation. We all need to, to be a new us. And we do that by knowing God. And you really, really can know God. So I want to first read to you the, the verses out of Matthew chapter 5. And then we're not going to actually study any one of them today, but I'm going to give you all the background that you'll need for the next, uh, the next teachings as we go. So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, I'm going to read through verse 12. Um, reads this way. Now, when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now look at how there's a progression here in these things. And we're going to talk about this progression in the podcast episodes to come. It start with, starts with blessed are the poor in spirit. And that's the key to the kingdom. Realizing you're poor in spirit. Realizing you've got nothing in you that can truly make this new you happen. It's got to be God. When you realize you're poor in spirit, you mourn. Blessed are those who mourn. You realize, I'm in trouble. The right heart accompanies that understanding. I'm in trouble and I need help. The person who cries for help is the person who gets it. The person who doesn't think they need help never asks, so they never get any help. Once you realize you're poor in spirit and you mourn over that, it said, blessed are the meek that God fills you with his strength, but you realize it's not your strength, it's his strength. So you're not out there saying, look at me, look at how great I am, look at how awesome I am, look how strong I am. No, you know it's not you. You know it's God. Because you know it's God, the next one is, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You want more of him. You want to live righteous. You want to live a life that will be fulfilling. And Jesus said, you will be filled. Once you're filled with that righteousness, and as you are filled with that righteousness, you realize that that righteousness reaches out to other people. It says, blessed are the merciful, that when you are filled with God's understanding, filled with God's strength, because you know you've got nothing, you start to have a passion and a compassion for other people, and you show mercy to them. And in that mercy, next one is blessed are the pure in heart, that you do so 
not out of any selfish motivation, not out of a, I hope I get noticed or I hope somebody thanks me, but you do it out of an absolute, pure, selfless love. The next one then Jesus says, built on top of that is blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. That you step into contentious situations and you try to bring people together, building unity as Jesus desires for us all to be one. And you bring people to him, building unity between man and God. You bring peace wherever you are. Now, sadly, though, that all those things, when you practice them, there's an opposition that's in the world. It's evil. It's devilish. It's demonic. And when you live this way, you will be persecuted. People will come against you. But Jesus said then that blessed are you when you're persecuted. On top of that, that when you have people persecute you because of your righteousness, because of your Christ-likeness, that that's a blessed thing. And Jesus is the poster person for that. He came to earth and did nothing but love, love, love people. Heal them, teach them, sacrifice for them. And what did that get him? Got him crucified. See, persecution will always follow the nature of God because evil is in the world and the nature of God is not of this world. And there will always be war with those two. So that's the basic rundown of where we're going to go in these next podcasts. And I hope you'll tune in to every single one of them because there's going to be life change if you really dig in and follow along with these eight steps to a new you. So let me just start out with some key words here. The word blessed, it comes over and over and over. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. So on. What does the word blessed mean? Well, many people want to translate it as happy. Happy are those. And that's just, it's not true because it's not accurate, uh, not an accurate translation of the word. See, something to be blessed means to be happy. The problem is, is that happiness is relative. Some like sunshine, some like rain. If some are happy in sunshine, they're disappointed in rain. If some are happy with rain, they're not happy when the sun's shining. For some, you know, dogs make you happy. For others, it's cats. For some, a quiet, cozy, peaceful time with nobody around is happy. For others, they want to be going a thousand miles an hour surrounded by people. See, happiness is relative. It's not really consistent with people because we all have a different idea of what is happy. In our world and in our culture, uh, these statements make sense. Happy are the self-reliant, for theirs is a life of true independence. Or happy are the self-assured, for they can achieve anything they want. Or happy are the self-confident, for they will get, they will get everything they, they want. Ha- or happy are the wealthy, for they have no stress or no need. Well, the problem is, is that There are a lot of lonely and unfulfilled self-reliant people. There are a lot of self-assured people who are empty inside. There are a lot of self-confident people who are disappointed. And there are a lot of really angry and depressed rich people. Because you see, happiness isn't the goal. Happiness doesn't fulfill you. Happiness comes and goes, depends on what happens in your life. And the words go together. Your happiness is based on the happenings or the happenstance or what is, ha- what is happening around you. Did I get a new car today? Oh, I'm happy. Did I get a ticket on the first day? I'm not happy. Did I get a promotion at work? I'm happy. Well, that promotion demands 50% more hours and involves a whole lot more stress. I'm not happy. I got a new house. I'm happy. Well, the value of the house plummeted. I'm not happy. 
The economy is bouncing back. Oh, I'm happy again. See, happiness changes. No matter what is happening, your happiness bounces up and down like a Super Bowl. Well, the word blessed instead means joy untouchable. Joy untouchable. That's a powerful phrase, two-word phrase. It means no matter what happens, your joy cannot be touched. You're going to be joyful no matter what. That you're really blessed when you're full of joy no matter what happens on the outside. It doesn't mean happiness is the only good or, or unhappiness is the only bad. You're going to experience both. It's the joy inside of you that is that new you, that new nature that God gives you, that no matter what goes on in your life, you can be joyful. This means that sometimes a person who knows God is sad, but at the same time filled with joy. Because the joy inside overcomes the circumstance that makes you sad. It's really a myth and it's a false, false thing that Christians should be happy. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm happy, happy all the time. No, that's just stupid. Because sometimes, and a matter of fact, a lot of times, a Christian is, is not happy because they go through things like everybody else does. I've had fender benders and I'm not happy about it. I've gotten sick and I'm not happy. I've had people have hard things happen to them that I love, and I'm not happy about it. But I know my God, and I know that no matter what, my joy is full. And I can say, God, even though I'm not happy, you are God, and you are worth my praise, and you are the one who fills me with joy, and you give me purpose in my life. It's powerful. The literal meaning of the word blessed is, oh, the joy. Oh, the joy of being poor in spirit. Oh, the joy of being uh, of mourning. Oh, the joy of being meek, of hungering and thirsting, of being merciful, of being a peacemaker, of even persecution. Oh, the joy. And that's powerful truth. Today, you might need that joy. And I want to tell you, the only way to get that joy is to start out with Jesus. There's no other book. There's no other podcast. There's no other personality or philosophy or religion that will give you the joy that you need to live the abundant life, the life of the new you. And Jesus truly came to make you a new you. He came to transform you by the renewing of your mind. We learned that verse just a couple of episodes ago, or maybe last episode. He came to give you new life. We were bound, we are bound by sin and and death follows sin. But Jesus came, he died on the cross taking our sin from us, taking the punishment of sin upon himself, and he buried it in the ground, and he rose again, showing that death could not hold him, and if death cannot hold him and we are in him, that death cannot hold us either. Death has been crucified, and we are now free from death. So, oh, the joy of the new you. You can have that today. And it's as close as just reaching out to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I want you. But you have to understand these eight steps is how we really get there. And we're going to talk about being poor in spirit. I'll give you a little teaser right now that when you first come to Jesus, you can't come to him arrogantly. You can't come to him saying, well, yeah, I'm pretty good. I just need a little added extra improvement. I need a, you know, a new improved model of myself. No, you need a complete transformation, a death to the old self and a brand new you. And that only comes when we start with step one realizing I got nothing. There is nothing in me, nothing good, nothing right, nothing that would free me from this life of sin. Nothing.
I don't want to go too far. We'll get into that next time. So listen, buckle up your seatbelts. We're going to get going in these uh, beatitudes or the blessed statements of Jesus so that we can learn what it means to be a new you. I hope you'll join in. It's going to be great. This is Pastor Greg. Love you. And uh, let's follow Jesus with all of our heart so he can make us new. God bless you.